Hello, and welcome to the Stubborn Tortoise Podcast. I'm Donna Pazdera. Today's episode is part two of the DNF Fairy Tried to Break Me, or <laughs> how this imaginary apparition will appear to you or mentally during races when you're feeling kind of vulnerable and tired or kind of yuck. And this fairy could be a guy, could be a female, although in my mind it's always a female, tries to get you to drop, which is not something you really want to do once you've been training for a race and um, you know, you've paid for it, you've traveled, you've done all these things. And yeah, quitting feels good, but it's not really the right thing to do sometimes. So I had a little experience with this during a 50-mile race in December, and I kind of went into it thinking, this isn't going to be too bad because I knew the course and it's really flat and knew that it would be um, considerably less technical than the my first 50-miler, which will be an episode eventually, soon, hopefully. And um, yeah, so this was at the Brazos Bend uh, 100, and they also have different distances. And uh, so anyway, let's get into it. So I made it past 42 miles when I felt a wave of exhaustion hit. My stomach felt sour, and I didn't know if I needed to poop or puke, and I definitely didn't want to eat. I stopped on the trail side, flipped off my headlamp, and retched. Nothing came up, but I felt slightly relieved. I just wanted to sleep for a few minutes because I'd only slept for two hours the night before. But I was a mere eight miles from finishing my second 50-miler. Plus, I didn't want to abandon a new trail running friend, so I just kept at it. The Brazos Bend 100 features a number of distances ranging from 100 miles to a half marathon, which is 13.1. It boasts the fastest, flattest course in Texas. Well, that is until you factor in the damage from an epic storm that brought driving rains and high winds the day before. The result was a course that seemed more than half filled with mud and standing water. The race was my final longest run before tackling the Snowdrop 55-hour race over the New Year's weekend. My plan was to finish within 12 or 13 hours, figuring it would take me about four hours per each of the three 16.75-mile loops. And I also figured it would give me a personal record for a 50-miler since I finished my last one in 14 hours and 41 minutes. And this was also the first time that I'd tackled Brazos Bend as a contestant. Two years ago, I paced my friend Orly for 34 night miles as he got through his second 100-miler. Last year, I paced Sarisa for one loop in the wee hours for her first hundo. It was a little weird to see the place in the daylight. And I kept myself toward the back of the pack at the 7 a.m. start. It was cool and the skies looked pregnant with still more rain. Orly and Kathy, his wife, they started a ways ahead of me. And I figured they would both finish ahead of me, but they already know how I am pace-wise. And the trail leading out wasn't too bad until we rounded a corner and had to do an out and back. The sides of the trail were filled with muddy footprints. The alternative was to wade through ankle-deep or less puddles. And I ran as much as I could through the straightaways, pausing at the mud-slicked regions. And it rained off and on, making me pull on or remove my rain jacket through the first few hours. Mid-loop, I noticed a young guy staying in pace behind me. His name was Alejandro. He was a Texan transplanted to New York because of his girlfriend's job. This was his first 50. 
He said he liked my pace and wanted to stay with me. He mentioned that he was going to swap out his current shoes for his new ones on the second loop and then to his oldest shoes for the last. I advised that that plan was not a good idea. And I suggested that he save the new shoes for the end. I had an experience at a race where I saved my old shoes till the end and boy did I pay for it. So I uh, feel like my advice is always there. If you want to take it, that's your choice. So he agreed though to t give it a try. We hung together until the furthest aid station, which is about five and a half miles from the finish line. We had to check in with a race official to ensure that we weren't cheating. And I spotted a restroom across the way with a line of people waiting. I needed to pee. So I told Alejandro I'd catch up to him in a bit. I noticed a few of the guys sneaking off into the woods behind the restroom to relieve themselves. And one of the ladies who was running past said that she had penis envy. We all laughed. And I started talking to a woman in front of me decked out in red and white tights and a green sequin mesh skirt. Her name is Pam, and she'd run the 50-miler last year, finishing in 20 hours. She'd gotten lost and hypothermic, and she mentioned that she'd gotten some extra hand warmers and would give them to me uh, when I saw her on the next loop, and I was grateful because I worried how things were going to feel after sundown. I made it in from the first loop in just around four hours. I changed out of my wet socks and went back out. Then I ran across Pam soon after the loop began, and she was using this Jeff Galloway method of running for 30 seconds and walking briskly for 30 seconds. And even though I felt good enough to run most of the loop, I stayed with her and gave it a try. And it was sort of fun to focus on the friendly chime of the bell and from the interval app on her phone, grew to look forward to those 30 second breaks. And because the weather was still on the cool side, one of the aid stations had already busted out camp stoves and they were making refried bean tortilla triangles. And I stuffed myself on these and felt much better. A while later, Pam noticed her friend Melinda as we passed. She was walking with a guy. Apparently, she was almost completely blind, some sort of effect from running ultras, and she said that her butt was sore. <laughs> Pam persuaded Melinda to join us, and we were doing well on time, and she wanted to help her friend. Melinda's from Mississippi. She's in her 50s, and she's got a great sense of humor. I enjoyed her company. When we'd run, I'd grab her mittened hand so she could see, and that lasted about 10 minutes because we were laughing so much, and then she began to focus on seeing the red in Pam's tights to guide her along. As we made our way to the start, we saw Kathy, and she was already six miles into her final loop. Orly wasn't too far behind her. The 30-30 method paid off for loop two as we came in around four hours. And I was excited about the prospect of finishing the whole race in 12-ish hours. I changed my clothes, socks, and shoes in preparation for nightfall and the impending colder weather. I found Pam under a canopy where her husband, Brett, was making food for her by a camp stove. And he asked if I wanted to use an extra pair of trekking poles that they had. And I'd never used trekking poles and worried about the adage that you should never try anything new at a race, so I declined for the time being. Then we set off once again, the final time. I immediately stepped in a puddle, soaking my dry socks. And by now the water was cold and I could tell I was getting chilled. I stopped at a bench and used a couple of the hand warming packets in my shoes. They helped. This little pit stop though, cost us about 10 minutes. Pam complimented me on my brisk walking pace and warned me not to run too fast or I'd burn out. And just on cue, I started running out of gas. I asked if we could take longer walk breaks and eventually just hiking it all together. I was hurting again, which is sort of normal in these long races. 
Pam called her husband and asked him to bring pain relievers and the other set of trekking poles for me, which was about a mile or so away. Brett had adjusted the poles to my height after, and after tripping on them a few times, I was mastering the skill in no time with Pam's coaching. Pam was a godsend. She was unendingly positive and kept the conversation moving, even when I didn't feel like talking. At least it was keeping me awake. I learned about her children, grandchildren, family history, and vacations. We both had our share of life's challenges, but ultra running was the common thread pulling us together. As mentioned earlier, my stomach just felt off by this point. I was super tired, and I really just wanted to sit for a while. In fact, I really contemplated quitting. But I didn't want to abandon my new friend and make her finish solo. So when we got to one of the aid stations, I just sat on a cooler for a minute or two. Pam, eager to keep me going so we could finish, stood by me with a look that said, come on, let's go. And I got up and trudged toward the way out aid station about two miles away. The biggest hell of this course, even when not dealing with mud and water, is the seemingly endless out and backs. There is one early in the loop and then another one again toward the end. And that two mile out and back is a real soul crusher. You have to pass the aid station, go two miles out to an aid station, and then two miles back. The only good part is by then you're only a, you're only a mile and a half to the finish. By this point, I was well into 14 hours, and I started worrying that I wouldn't even beat my previous time. Pam jogged more, excited about the impending end of the race. I tried, but the poles made my feet unwieldy, and I kept tripping. Orly texted me, asking me how far away I was. He said they were in the car with the heater on. I felt bad. There had been talk of going to an Italian restaurant where his daughter worked after the race, and at this point, it was getting so late, and I had no interest in food, so... I also worried that they were getting impatient. In the end, Pam came in about a minute ahead of me, and as I wound through the tents lining the finish, I tucked the poles under my arms and ran it in. My time, 14.32. Nine minutes, faster than my last 50-miler, I'll take it. And to my surprise, Orly was there waiting. He was repaying the favor of when I waited for him two years ago as he crossed the finish. Pam and I exchanged hugs, congratulations, and gratitude for getting each other through the race. I have may have helped her some on that second loop, but without her at the end, I would have never finished. And in retrospect, it was a very good race. It boosted my confidence that I can make it through Snowdrop, as long as I sleep well the night before and stay ahead of my hydration and nutritional needs. And I'm glad I didn't quit. So I hope you enjoyed my little stories about not wanting to quit. It has happened to me a lot of times. I have done one a couple of summers ago where it's this place I call Satan's Driveway. It's Colorado Bend State Park, which is in Texas. And it's just got these giant tombstone-sized rocks out there. And I I cannot run on it. I can barely walk on it. It's just massive. And you just feel terrible. And I had never quit a 30K before, and I was really, really ready to just throw in the towel, so to speak. And somehow I managed to get through it. So I think, again, as I as I said in my previous episode, I think a lot of this is if you just stop thinking too much and try not to let your brain take over, you probably can get through these pretty well and just let your, your body's a lot stronger than your mind is sometimes. And so... I think we oftentimes just let the mind take over. Um, I teach a high-intensity interval training class on a bike called Sprint. I teach that three times a week, and that's something that I often try to uh, incorporate 
as I coach people through the class because it is hard. It's super hard. And, and you know, it's easy to just sort of like dial it back a little bit. But what's the point of doing a hit class if you're going to dial it back and you only get 30 minutes? So come on, move. So I try to apply these lessons of patience and perseverance to my own life. And I cannot say that I've actually licked the whole problem, but um, I'm working on it. It's a, it's a work in progress. So, and again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It really means a lot. Um, I would love to hear from people. Just go on to, you know, iTunes or, or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, give it a review, rank it, please. Um, give me some feedback. We've got a Facebook page and like it for heaven's sake. I've bugged all of my friends and a good probably third of them have liked it. Um, I don't know about the rest of them, but anyway. <laughs> so again, I really enjoy doing this and I hope you're getting something enjoyable out of this or just kind of learning about <laughs> why you'll never become an ultra runner. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but anyway, uh, have a great weekend and I'll see you next time.